The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Brian Adams once had a song called Cuts Like a Knife. And that's how this game felt tonight. Just hurts. So close for the Royals, but so far as they drop game three of the four games set to St. Louis. Welcome into Clubhouse Conversation. It's Davo with your dish for game three of the series. And I refuse to acknowledge this as a two-game set. It's a four-game set with St. Louis. The Royals were ahead two to one, but man, they were so close to getting that one tonight and winning the set. Getting back to just one game under 500, they would have ended a seven-game home losing streak to St. Louis, which now goes to eight in a row. The Royals have lost at the friendly confines of Kauffman Stadium, or as the Cardinals fans try to say, oh, Bush Stadium West, oh, we're so clever. <laughs> we're the best fans in baseball, self-appointed. <laughs> Whatever. The Royals couldn't quite push across that third round, though, in the ninth. Gosh, it was close. As Eric Hosmer led off that inning, he started the rally by striking out. That's always a, a good sign, right? But they couldn't get that third run in there in the ninth. They failed to score in a few other opportunities throughout the game. I'm not going to break them down too much tonight. Just because you're facing Adam Wainwright, I mean, it's definitely more to do with Wainwright tonight than the Royals. Was their approach good tonight? Not really. Was it awful? No. Wainwright was just that good tonight. I didn't think the Royals had the most patient approach, the best approach, but I'm not going to get on about it too much. And they were able to at least get things going in the top of the ninth, albeit off of a leadoff strikeout. And they were able to get to Trevor Rosenthal for the second time in as many nights. The Lee Summit native roughed up. Now probably not available tomorrow. Same with Pat Neshek. Those two things could be big tomorrow for the Royals as they head into game number four. But St. Louis also had plenty of chances, way more chances than the Royals, to push across more runs. So in reality, this game evened out. You can't be too upset about it. I mean, both teams have, you know, the justifiable claim that they could have pushed across more runs, especially St. Louis during regulation, as the Royals drop at 5-2 to two and 11. But, you know, it's too bad because another great game by Jason Vargas. Now you might say, well, how can that be a great game? You know, he allowed 11 base runners, 9 hits, two walks. Well, Jason Vargas has proven time and time again, not only this year, but throughout his career, he knows how to pitch with guys on base. And he was able to keep the ball in the ballpark tonight. That was the key. Limit extra base hits as well. Eight innings, two runs, nine hits, two walks, three Ks. He seems to be smarter and more effective, honestly, with guys on base. We've seen that pretty much the entire year. He's kind of like Jeremy Guthrie in that regard. Guthrie, not as much this year, but last year with runners on base. The two just know how to pitch. They're very similar pitchers. They're both very, very good middle-of-the-rotation starters. It's just too bad they were facing Wainwright tonight, they being the Royals and he being Vargas. But Michael Marietta I thought was a very interesting and somewhat perplexing choice to pitch the ninth. You're only down 2 nothing. He's kind of your long guy in a way, and you may need him tomorrow with Ventura going. Hopefully not. And it's not that they can't use him again tomorrow. We only threw one inning. But I'd like to see Francis Bueno get in the game. He's been up here for a few days. I haven't seen him yet. Of course, you could have gone to Wilking Rodriguez. I don't know. I just don't trust Michael Marriott that much yet. But he he responded. Once again, like I always say, if I'm going to criticize Ned when he makes a bad decision, I'll also point out when he makes a good one, but tell you, when I, you know, tell you when I disagree with it. And I disagreed with that decision. But it turned out fine. Ned was right, as he often is. Greg Holland also threw a scoreless frame. But then Kelvin Herrera, after coming back from 3-0 to get the leadoff hitter, walks the second hitter, and from then on it was just downhill. Between Herrera, Collins couldn't come in and stop the bleeding. 
Ferreras tag with the loss, a third of an inning, three runs, two hits, and a walk. Offensively tonight, Alcides Escobar, the only Royal with two hits, and gosh, he just about won this game, didn't he? Hit that ball hard to short. Had that ball been six to eight feet higher or deeper? Had that ball been a few feet either direction of the shortstop, Peralta, the Royals walk off right there. Yeah, they were that close. By the way, isn't it pretty rare to be sitting here in, you know, early June without a walk-off at home? They were so close tonight. Maybe tomorrow. I got a good feeling about tomorrow. But Eric Hosmer, let's talk about him. He continues to be admired in a monumental slump right now. Just, I feel like we've, we keep saying this with Moose, but same thing with Hosmer. Horrible approach right now. It starts with approach. He's getting himself out. He'll swing at anything you throw up there as long as it's within 10 feet of the catcher, it seems like. Let's go over the last three games. Let's, let's start with tonight. Eric Cosmer saw 20 pitches tonight. He swung at 15. Three out of four pitches thrown up there, Hosmer swung at. And this has been going on for quite some time. Believe me, if I'm sitting here in my home studio and I know that, you better believe the advanced scouts and Cardinals pitching coach and manager and the Cardinals pitchers, they all know that. Don't give anything good. Why would you? If you give him a fat pitch, you ought to be fined. 20 pitches tonight, swung at 15. He saw 18 pitches yesterday and swung at 13. So two days in a row, he swings within five of what he saw. 15 to 20 today, 13 of 18 yesterday. That means 28 of the last 38 pitches the last two games. But wait, there's more. If you go back one more game, let's just look at the last three games because I don't have all night to count and I'm not real great at math. But in this series... Eric Hosmer has seen 50 pitches, if you include game one, and swung at 36. 72% of pitches he's seen in the series he swung at, which goes right along with the last two nights, 13 of 18 is 75%. Tonight, 15 of 20 is 75. Adding in game one, 72%. Three out of four pitches this entire series Hosmer has seen he has swung at. That's not going to get the job done because most of these pitches are breaking balls that aren't strikes. They're breaking balls down, fastballs up and in. He's either jamming himself or... You know, hitting weak ground balls if he does hit it in play for the most part. He, he had a big hit last night. Don't forget, he had a game-winning hit. I'm just saying, we need more, though. We don't need Hal Morris Part 2 at first base. If you don't know who Hal Morris is, look him up. We need somebody to hit the ball for power with authority, and that ain't going to happen as long as he's up there just you know hacking at everything. The most he's going to do is hit singles every once in a while if he's hacking at everything because the pitchers ain't giving him a fat pitch at all. And even when he gets some of them, he's been fouling them off this year. So not trying to rail, you know, rail on Hosmer here at all. I'm just trying to point out why he might be going through a slump right now. You keep reading the stats of, you know, since mid-May, he's hitting about a buck fifty, and his OPS is, I believe, under five hundred at this point. Ever since almost the last month, over three weeks now. I'm just pointing out the reason why that very well might be. Not trying to rail on the guy. You know, you swing at everything you see. I don't know. It just ain't going to happen. So I would like to see Ned Yost just tell him, you're not swinging at the first pitch, your first two at-bats tomorrow. You can't tell him the whole night because then the Cardinals will start throwing him cookies. But maybe his first two at-bats against Michael Walker tomorrow. Go out there and don't swing it until you have a strike. Until you have a strike, don't swing the bat. I know that's kind of high schoolish to say. But at this point, Eric Hosmer is getting himself out. He's putting himself in bad hitting counts. And you ain't going to succeed at the major league level when you're putting yourself in bad hitting counts. I mean... I don't, I don't even know. Is he guessing or is he? I don't think so. I think he's just swinging at everything. I think he is so in his mind thinking he needs to get out of the slump and needs to carry this team. And the only way to do that is going to be to swing the bat, swing the bat, hit for power. Well, you can't hit for power if you're not getting the right pitches. You've got to have an approach up there. 
You got to get into hitters' counts, or you've got to just sit there and wait for that pitch until there's two strikes on you, as, as Dale Swaim keeps talking about. Elevation, wait for the pitch to be elevated. Take two pitches, take two strikes if you need to. Wait for your pitch. If you get it, swing. If not, take it. When there's two strikes, then you can start trying to hack and protect. To me, it just seems pretty obvious why he's not hitting for power. It's all approach. It's all pitch recognition. Mainly approach, because you can't get the pitches you need until you prove to the other team that you're going to take the bad pitches. That's my two cents on Hosmer, because he's a key, 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 key part of this Royals offense. So is Mike Moustakis, who's now hitting about a buck thirty-five since coming back from Omaha. Small sample size, absolutely. Did have a big double yesterday, absolutely. Just pointing it out, not being negative, pointing out the facts, breaking the game down. So there you go. You know what, the Royals, this one hurts tonight, but I'm not too down about it. I like seeing the Royals come back with resolve and fight tonight there in that ninth inning. They came back, tied the game, damn near almost walked off. You know, we, we said coming into the series he had to get three out of four. They can still do it tomorrow. Tomorrow night, the return of Yordano Ventura. Let's hope for five innings, two runs tomorrow. I imagine he'll be cut off at 90 pitches tomorrow. Probably won't start an inning past 80. That's probably what it is. Probably he'll start an inning as long as he's 80 or below. Once he gets, you know, past 80 at the end of an inning, he's out. Let's hope he can give us five innings, two-run ball. You go to Aaron Crow for the sixth and seventh, Wade Davis for the eighth, Greg Holland for the ninth. Hope for a combined three-run outing tomorrow. Two out of Ventura through five and one out of the other three guys through four. A three-run game tonight, tomorrow night should win the game for the Royals, I think. I think they'll be able to get to walk after three or four runs. More good news, the Royals won't see Rosenthal or Neshek tomorrow. They both pitched a couple days in a row, especially Neshek. Maybe Rosenthal, but Neshek is coming off several elbow problems. They aren't going to push him out there three days in a row. I, he may have even pitched the day before the Royals. I didn't, didn't even check that. But for sure, he's pitched two games in a row. I'm pretty damn sure that they're not going to throw him three days in a row. So he probably did not throw that last game before the Royals, or he wouldn't have thrown tonight. So not that Rosenthal, by the way, is something to be scared of. The Royals have gotten to him both games. But that's where we're at. The Royals do have their... You know, three of their four best relievers available tomorrow with Davis available, Crow available, Holland available. Give us five, Jordano, and Bats have a better approach up there. Push across three, Athawaka, and we'll win it against the bullpen. I like where we're at. Get a win tomorrow. You're back to 200, 500 with the Yankees coming in, Cleveland coming in. You split that Yankee series. You take both games against Cleveland. Voila, you're leaving town at 500, right where you need to be for a run. So, you know, looking at it this way, Royals fans, in closing, we didn't put ourselves in a slight hole overnight, and we're not going to get out of a slight hole overnight. So don't be let down. The team just split with Toronto, who's lost like once in the last two years, it seems like. They just don't lose. Toronto is white hot. You split in that series. That's big. You're done with them now, by the way, completely. You win the season series with them, just like you did with Baltimore. And then you have a damn near good chance of winning the season series with the Cardinals tomorrow. And the Cardinals aren't as good as the Blue Jays, but the Cardinals are definitely a playoff team, I would think. I mean, there's too many good good players in this team, too much good pitching. It's it's a playoff team, especially when Molina gets going. Let's get Yachty out of town before he gets hot. And, you know, one more game, just hold him down for one more game. Surely Matt Carpenter can't continue to get on base every freaking at bat. The law of averages should come back in the Royals' favor, especially against Ventura tomorrow. We'll get two ABs against Ventura, maybe three. So, you know, let's, let's, let's get that one tomorrow, guys. We're going to get back to 200, 500. We're going to slowly dig ourselves out of this thing. You in it? You in it? Let's get out there and support the boys. There's too many open seats tonight, too much red. Till tomorrow night, take care. Go Royals.